1: This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports Betting, analyst Now we get to the Dallas Cowboys. I know you've probably <laughs> been salivating ever since you saw that final score on Sunday. said, so I can't wait to just dig my Spurs into Freddie Cole and his Cowboys. Stink. They Well, they don't stink, but they stunk last Sunday. So oh, okay. Go,
2: okay. Was, they also lost to the Cardinals, too, but
3: that's a whole other All right. conversation. All right. I always find the spread to be quite fascinating. Who is not making us money this season in terms of the spread? <laughs> Who could actually turn that around?
2: So the Giants, 0 5 against the spread, turn around with everybody in the production room right here, 0 yeah, 5. That's a them problem. That's not a <laughs> me problem. Handle you that have multiple Shannon. teams that you root for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they're
1: better than the Giants both
2: yes. of them oh no we, we suck again.
1: again we suck again oh yes it's Freddie and Harry again welcome to the best show on your radio with Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas I'm Freddie Coleman appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app Sirius X and Channel 80 don't forget about us and tune in and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio 10 minutes away give or take a lie or two from the Kansas City Chiefs and that word, best. That was eliminated from them before the season got started, but it may be back five weeks later. We're going to get to that in about 10 minutes. Getting a lot of great conversations and great calls from you, and we're going to continue that right now. Triple eight say ESPN, 888 729 Courtesy of the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Aside from the injury that Aaron Rodgers suffered on the fourth play of the year for the New York Jets, what has surprised you the most through the first five weeks of this NFL season, and Week 6 kicks off tonight when the Kansas City Chiefs host the Denver Broncos. Zay in Houston, biggest surprise through the first five weeks in the NFL season has been what and why? Hey, what's going on, fellas? We're good, man. We're
4: good. Hey, Zay. Oh, man. I, what surprised me the most is how much you guys how much you guys thought that the Bucs were just going to roll over and play dead this year now that they lost Tom Brady. I mean, Jason Light has proven he's been able to, to, to draft well, and Baker Mayfield is playing for his NFL career over there at this point in time with the with the same offensive coordinator that made Geno Smith uh, NBA, I mean, the NFL Comeback Player of the Year. So it was just like everybody just counted Tampa Bay out. I, I always thought we, that they were going to win that, that division again and as long as they got into the playoffs. Hey, they got a shot, but – you know, no one's really giving them that much respect.
1: Jay and Houston, you're not lying because no one thought, other than the New Orleans Saints, that anybody else was going to be good in that division. You're 100% correct on that one. And a lot of that, do with, not so much to do with fact Tom Brady not being there, although that's a big loss, but they also had a couple of losses on the offensive line coming into this regular season. And I give Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles, Chad, the quarterback and coach, respectively, how they've been able to have this team rally around, that the Buccaneers were worried about a leader. Well, they found that guy in Baker Mayfield. And I can't wait to see what that's going to look like on Sunday as a 3-1 and team playing at home against a 4-1 Detroit Lions team that many people believe are closer to San Francisco and Philadelphia than the Dallas Cowboys right now at this part of the season.
3: You got to be impressed with what Todd Bowles has been able to pull off out there in Tampa Bay, and you got to be impressed with Baker Mayfield as well. Uh, Baker Mayfield seemed as if he was just going to wash his way out of the NFL mm-hmm. he had lost all confidence, all swagger. We talked about that, how important that is for the quarterback position now the Baker Mayfield with the swagger is back. he talks about wanting to be a buck for the rest of his career he 's playing with that 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 edge that chip on his shoulder that he brought into the league from Oklahoma. And I think he's found a a home in Tampa Bay with some playmakers that will allow him to be successful for a good period of time here. And then Todd Bowles as well. Um, I did a coaching internship with the Jets when Todd was up there. Okay. And it was – Widely considered the worst roster assembled in the last 30 years of NFL football. And I think he coaxed five or six wins out of that team. So Todd Bowles is a quality coach. I think he's been given much of a chance to show that. Now with Baker Mayfield, uh, the opportunity for Todd and his staff to prove that they are quality coaches. Baker Mayfield to go be on a bit of a redemption tour. I think that Tampa Bay has the right locker room culture going on about revenge and redemption that can play really big and get them a, a deep run this year.
1: Yeah, Baker Mayfield completing close to 70% of his passes, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. Has only been sacked four times so far in the first four games. Will, in Kansas, biggest surprise in the NFL through the first five weeks of the season is who, what, and why.
4: Well, your co-host kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but uh, I would say the New England Patriots, and I think Bill Belichick is – he kind of needs to fire himself a little bit from the general manager position, and maybe it's kind of the Peter principle. Maybe he's above his head in that position, and he just needs to go back and focus on being a coach and and um, get back to what he does the best, and that's just coach and stop being distracted with all the other stuff that he obviously can't do
3: very well.
1: One of the things about Bill Belichick, and I've said this for the longest time, Chad, and and it's really come to fruition, and I know Patriots fans don't want to hear this, That guy, number 12, covered up a lot of sins and mistakes that they either had in the draft or in free agency. They never had to worry that we were going to take a step or a step and a half back as long as, oh, 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 number 12 was back there throwing the football, known as Tom Brady. Now, without that guy, they don't have any of those guys that can cover their multitude of sins when it comes to not being the best player evaluators when it comes to Bill Belichick and that drafting staff that they have right now in New England. I can't wait to see exactly if that's going to be the case, if they decide that they have to bring another general manager, if Robert Kraft, the owner, wants to do that, how that's going to land or not land with Bill Belichick if he decides to do that, if this season continues that way and heading into the offseason.
3: Now, I know we're not supposed to ask women how old they are, but I'll ask you, Freddie. How old are you, Freddie?
1: I'll be 58 in December. I don't mind sharing my age.
3: All right, so I'm 53. And I tell you what, the things that I can multitask on at 53 – it's a much smaller list than I could at 45. (laughs) So you know what I'm saying? And And this is not a, this is not a diss on bill because I consider bill to be the greatest coach of all time, but the personnel evaluation side of things, the drafting side, the free agency side, all that is uh, – is the, the track record is clear. This is not your strong suit. And as we get older, our ability to multitask becomes smaller and smaller and lesser and lesser. So, for Bill Belichick to be asked to allow a personnel guy to come in and cook the groceries or pick the groceries for him that he's going to end up cooking, uh, I don't think it would be too much of an ask. Considering the track record that is clear, this is not your strong suit. Roster building is not what you excel at. Even during those years where they were winning Super Bowls, it was Scott Pioli who was responsible for that he and bill had a degree had to agree on things but there was certainly uh, another voice in the building that was strong that bill respected and the bill listened to i'm not sure who that is currently
1: well if it's not the owner and if it's not bill belichick then what for the new england patriots because even peter king from NBC sports when he was on carlin versus joe uh, today he talked about the future bill belichick and what it could look like if the present continues down the path that we've seen so far from the patriots in 2023
4: The problem is I don't think anybody knows because Robert Kraft doesn't exactly open up to people, to other owners, you know, to other people around the league and say, here's what I'm thinking of. I think he talks to his son, Jonathan, and I don't know that he talks to many other people at all about what his plans are. But Joe, I do believe that Robert Kraft, although he is very, very, uh, will always feel indebted to Bill Belichick. I don't think that he feels like uh, Bill Belichick's got a job for life. If this year is a debacle, I-, I won't be surprised if he considers making a change. If
1: you don't have the money, if you don't own the team, you don't make any kind of decision that you believe is going to save yourself. Bill Belichick may be finding out that if 2023 continues down this this ride so far for the Patriots, and it's not been a good ride so far in the first five weeks. Of this NFL season. Casey and Montana through what, well, through the first five weeks of the NFL season, what has been the biggest surprise to you so far?
4: You know, with all the nuances of football, all the excitement of the, the new season, I I'm, I'm just blown away about how uh, influential Taylor Swift has been <laughs> on the NFL. This early <laughs> part of the season. I was just gathering your thoughts on that.
1: Jimmy Fallon from the tonight show, with Jimmy Fallon, they did a great skit last week because they talked about, you know, in terms of, you know, the Taylor Swift impact, and it had a whole spoof, Chad, when it comes to we, she is our queen. We are her peasants. If anybody scores from Kansas City, who gives a bleep? As long as we see Taylor Swift up in the box. People have understood exactly when you're celebrated and you're celebrity, and it's a different level of celebrity where that Beyonce, Taylor Swift line, where she resides even more so than ever before, you can't help but get swept up in that. You can be sick of it, but the NFL knows that's good for their brand but more importantly, Chad, it's been really good for ratings and good for the money. And they love all three of those things going up and not going down.
3: At the end of every season, uh, they, the TV networks post up the most watched shows every single year. Mm-hmm. You know, the NFL is going to have out of 50, top 50 shows are going to have, what, 48, 47? <laughs> what beats them? Like a presidential debate and the Olympics. And that's about it. So how could the NFL become more popular? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's bring in. Taylor Swift and make her part of the story. And it's been tremendous. The numbers, the Travis Kelsey jersey sales, his, yep. uh, his media quotient, all these things have gone up. I've seen more Travis Kelsey ads in the last three weeks than I've seen yep. of any other athlete in such a condensed period of time. Ever my entire life. So there is there is proof in the pudding right there yeah. for the NFL to take note of. Yes, we are popular, but there are things we can do outside of ourselves to mm-hmm. make us even more popular. So I'm not surprised the NFL has leaned heavily into this and taken advantage of every uh, uh, tweet, every social media post, mm-hmm. every network decimal point they can on this whole Taylor Swift thing.
1: The one thing that's jumped at the people's attention is that, and I've said this for three or four years, you'd be surprised how many women watch football. You would be stunned that they don't just follow their own teams. They follow the game because they love the game and enjoy the game. And Taylor Swift has brought that 12 to 18 demographic that may not be football or thinking about football as young ladies, and they're paying attention, not just because she's there and Travis Kelsey, hey, I'm a football fan. I love the Denver Broncos. I'm 14 years of age. I love that, that. All of a sudden, that has started to become even more pronounced because people are realizing, yeah, football's for the dudes, but the dudettes have their seat at the table, and they don't mind letting everybody know exactly why they belong at that table, because they love that sport just as much as any guy or any dude that's out there. Charles in Spokane, Washington. Charles, what has surprised you so much through the first five weeks of the NFL season, and why?
4: Hey, how you doing, Freddie and hey, how, hey, Hey, Charles. Charles. Thank you
1: for calling the show. Appreciate you.
4: Appreciate y'all, man. Uh, real quick, um, for me, it's just it's the, it's the sheer disregard and disrespect of the reigning Super Bowl champions and my man, MVP Mahomes. I mean, they should be undefeated right now. But, of course, we all saw uh, Kadarius Tony forgot how to catch the ball. I mean, you were not going <laughs> to caught those balls. But that's just, that's just wild. I mean, I've never seen a guy like this before. His feel for the game, his ability to see guys, even like to side him behind him, I've, I've never seen him before. You put him in any situation, he's going to make it happen. Just go look at that Super Bowl he lost to the Bucs. He had no line. It was making amazing throws I've never seen before. Not too many guys are doing that. I, I don't see it before. They, they, they would get more remembered, too, because, uh, but those guys are dropping the ball then, too. I mean, it's, I've mean, never seen it. Can we, can we get some respect on the, on the, on the Chiefs, please? I just
1: Charles Volcan, here's how I'll give respect for your team. By the way, he's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I rem- and Shannon, Penn, my producer, would back me up on this. I remember three years ago I said, you know what the Kansas City Chiefs are? They're the Golden State Warriors they're always spectacular, that you forget how great they are. Steph Curry is a genius shooting the basketball with the basketball. But when you see it so often, it's no longer eye candy anymore. You'll get wild once in a while, but you think, oh, I've seen him do that before. This is fantastic. It took Steph Curry to finally win a championship that way against Boston. And then what he did in Game 7 last year in the Western Conference first round, putting that 50-burger on the road against Sacramento, where a lot of people would say, oh, my goodness, when you're consistently spectacular and you've been that way like Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City have been for the last five years, it gets lost. And how many times, Chad, you know this. When somebody's great like that, you want to see something else. When Tom Brady and the New England Patriots are doing their thing, oh, I'm sick of the Patriots. I want to see somebody else. But yet you can't take your eyes off of him. When Tom Brady played for the Patriots, it's the same thing to me with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City and Steph Curry, the Golden State Warriors. It's not a lack of respect. Is that you become so conditioned to expect greatness and you see it each and every week that it just becomes second nature. So I don't know if it's a Chief's lacking respect. It's just that that guy's otherworldly enough that when he does something, you go, oh, that's Patrick Mahomes. I expect him to do that more than not seeing it when you don't get wild when other people do it in the NFL.
3: I have an admiration for greatness. I'm always going to root for the champion over the underdog because the champion's road is much harder to try to repeat as a champion. Everyone is gunning for you. Every time you go into an opposing city, they have circled that game on their schedule. Coaches watch extra tape. Players do extra lifts in the weight room. Guys have extra conversations because you know the Super Bowl champ is coming in. So I understand what it is to be a champion. I always have a great amount of respect for that. And to your point about Patrick Mahomes, I think there is, to Charles's point, the caller, a little bit of disrespect going on. If you look at uh, sports pages or Twitter or whatever, what's ha- whatever's happening in the sports world, Patrick Mahomes is behind Taylor Swift, behind <laughs> Travis Kelsey. This week he's behind Anthony Richardson because, because the news that Anthony Richardson is going to be out. So we right. have bypassed the greatness of Patrick Mahomes who's playing tonight, by the way, Mm -hmm. to talk about all these other things because we have gotten so accustomed to the greatness of this guy. He has changed quarterbacking, in my opinion, forever. There are 10- and 12-year-old kids right now who are practicing off-platform throws. Mm -hmm. When every quarterback coach would ever tell you, set your feet underneath you, deliver the ball with your feet, all those kind of things, but because of Patrick Mahomes, he's going to change the way the position is played. That's how great he is
1: especially those off-schedule plays like you mentioned, because every kid looks at that and says, that's the way I want to play. Same kids look at Steph Curry that way. And that's nothing against Kevin Durant. It's nothing against LeBron James. There are other worldly players as as well. But the average kid is not going to be 6'8", 250, and play LeBron James. The average adult's not going to do that and look like that. The average adult is not going to be 7 feet and one of the most efficient scorers in the history of the NBA when it comes to Kevin Durant. But You look at Steph Curry and say, they don't realize he's 6'3". He's much taller than the average human being. When you play in the land of Amazons, you look really, really small compared to those guys. And the fact he's able to do that and make that happen, every kid's like, well, I want to play like that, male or female. It's the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. He's not the big, strong guy. He's not Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a freak of nature. At 6'6", 250, armed from the gods of Thor, he can run and run through people. He's just a genetic freak. And it's not to say that Patrick Holmes is not a genetic freak, but he just looks like a regular guy compared to everybody else. But then he does a play here, he does a play there, otherworldly here. He runs like his feet hurt. He makes a play here and there. And don't (laughs) think for one second that after what he did last year on essentially one leg where you beat Cincinnati and Philadelphia, that that didn't add to his legend. Any kid, unless you're a fan of teams in that division called the Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos – Any kid that watches the NFL sees Patrick Mahomes and yep, that's that's who I want to play like because he looks a lot more like me in terms of my body size compared to the other behemoths out there that I know I'm never going to be in that category when it comes to Josh Allen and people like that in the world. Not diminishing Josh Allen. I'm just saying in terms of body type, kids may identify more Patrick Mahomes than a Josh Allen who is a freak of nature, the Buffalo Bills quarterback.
3: When you're playing street football or schoolyard football, You're not Mm -hmm. dropping back and taking a five-step drop. You're not calling a play in the huddle. All right, guys, I'm going to take a three-step drop. Everybody do an in-breaking route. There's a (laughs) a schoolyard part of that whole thing,
1: uh-huh.
3: and Patrick Mahomes takes us back to that. Now, there's certainly plays that are on schedule and on time for him, where he delivers like a typical NFL quarterback, but once things go off time and go off schedule, that playground element to his game, that connects to kids. Like I said, there's yeah. a 10-year-old, there's a 12-year-old right now who is not listening to this show because they're at the schoolyard uh-huh. playing Patrick Mahomes style <laughs> football right now, honing their craft to get their opportunity when it comes.
1: Yeah, It's like Madden games come to life. When it comes to kids, NBA 2K games come to life when it comes to Steph Curry what they do on the basketball court. I'll throw this at you because I still believe that the AFC road runs through Kansas City. I know Miami has been able to do so far with a 4-1 record. The Buffalo Bills with all the injuries, they're still not out of it. There's always that team that comes out of nowhere that can be that challenger. Same thing in the NFC. Better shot at returning to the Super Bowl. Is it Kansas City or Philadelphia in your opinion?
3: (sighs) Ah... I'm going to go with Kansas City here. Okay. Um, but I still think Kansas City's got a lot of room for improvement this season. Mm-hmm. I recognize, you know, they're finding ways to win games. I recognize their only loss was a one-point loss with a epically awful performance by one of their key performers. Right. But, but, it is a dangerous road when you are a football team and you are eking out one-score wins. To me, Kansas City is far more talented than Minnesota. They're definitely way better – than the jets they're better than the bears they're better than jacksonville Uh, heck they're better than the lions so for all these teams uh, to be involved in these one-score games, yeah. that gives me some concern about how far re- removed they are from the Super Bowl hangover. Mm-hmm. You win a Super Bowl. Everybody on the roster gets a radio show. Everybody gets <laughs> a free car from a car dealership <laughs> if they come in and they sign autographs for four hours. I, you know, I, I've, I've seen these things before, and it chips away at your attention and your focus, and it takes you the first four weeks of the season to get yourself back on track and not just mentally want to fast-forward to the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are at that point right now where they've got to make that that jump. Yes, I expect them to beat the Broncos tonight, but I would love for this, if I was a Chiefs fan, Mm -hmm. to be an impressive win where, okay, my boys are back on track. They're not playing down to the level of their opponent. They're playing to their level and to their standards. That gives me confidence about them trying to at least having a great opportunity to repeat as champions.
1: Because after tonight, they have the Los Angeles Chargers, then have the Denver Broncos again, and then the home versus Miami, bye week, and then home versus Philadelphia. So not an easy stretch coming up for the defending Super Bowl champions. I'm with you. Be- before the season started, I said – I thought the Chiefs had a better shot of returning to the Super Bowl. And everybody said, well, the NFC doesn't have as many teams as the AFC. And I said, yeah, but I trust that team, that everybody will be coming after them. And it's something that they're used to. The Eagles are getting used to that a little bit, where everybody coming after them. Right now, the San Francisco 49ers, not far and away, but they're the best team in football right now when it comes to the 49ers. But the Eagles know that they can beat the 49ers because they've done it. Same with Kansas City. They've beaten the San Francisco 49ers last year because they've done it. I can't wait to see exactly because it's always that team that can get your attention. For the last couple of years of Cincinnati, it may not be Cincinnati this year, but it could be somebody else. But I'm with you in terms of better better shot returning to the Super Bowl. I like the Chiefs a little bit more than the Philadelphia Eagles, even if the competition in the NFC is not as stiff as in the AFC. And speaking of the NFC, Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry. My man Chad has the medicine to fix the Cowboys offense that I guarantee you have not heard. And no one has been smart enough to say. So school will be in session next on ESPN Radio
0: and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be.
1: Thanks for being a part of it and allowing it to be a part of you. It is Freddie and Harry with me, Freddie Coleman, my man Chad Brown, and for Harry Douglas, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for being part of the afternoon. Get down on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80, and always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Dr. Chad Brown has the medicine to fix the Dallas Cowboys offense. We're going to get to that. But Kevin in Toronto, he's got something to say about the show at 888-729-3776. Kevin, Kev, what you got, my friend? Friends, um friend,
4: you always hit your deals, man, but I'm going to come back in a minute. But the sure show that you're you having, uh, Jermaine Scott, like-
1: yeah, we can't, unfortunately, we can't hear his phone call because Kevin sounded a little low there, so we'll try to get him back. If not, you know, Kevin, appreciate the phone call, appreciate whatever love you have for the show. But a lot of people still trying to have love for the Dallas Cowboys, Chad. Especially when it comes to their owner, Jerry Jones, on his eponymous radio show on 105.3, the fan and Dallas call, the Jerry Jones show. He still has a lot of faith. Especially in his quarterback, uh, Dak
4: Prescott. In my mind, make no mistake about it, we have a quarterback that can get us there. Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl. That's the way that's going to be. We have to do some changes from within. I'm not panicked, but the gap is at some, something tells you what it is. Uh, don't try to dream that it's something else. We can do better than what we did out there Sunday night. That's a guilt. Uh,
1: doesn't Jerry Jones sound like that he and Aaron Rodgers went to the same Prince of Darkness retreat <laughs> and started singing <laughs> Kumbaya, that everything's fine? I believe my quarterback, Dak Prescott, out with the pad air, in with the good air. I know we <laughs> lost 42 to 10, but Dak, he's still a wonderful human being. And, oh, yeah, I have a little bit more of that serpentine wine over there. That Jerry Jones sounded like he went to Woodstock Revisited to have <laughs> faith in his Dallas Cowboys after what happened to them. But outside of that, you believe you have the medicine that can help the Cowboys' offense as they try to rebound from that and get ready for the Chargers on Monday night in ESPN at 8.15 Eastern Time.
3: It is fascinating in the NFL, Freddie, how teams decide they want to fix a problem. The first thing they want to do, let's not talk about or let's cover up the problem. It's an absurd notion. You got to address the issue. What is going on here? What's an issue right here? Dak Prescott is not playing with a high level of confidence. Literally.
1: And (laughs) figuratively.
3: Yes. The play calling needs to do what it can to give Dak Prescott some confidence. When you've been you got five touchdowns, four interceptions, you've been sacked nine times those aren't good numbers Mm -hmm. you need more touchdowns less interceptions and less sack numbers you've got to find a way to improve that so let's get the ball out of his hand a little bit quicker so he's not under pressure let's come up with some once we get down to the red zone some ways for him to get some easy throws into the end zone that will increase those touchdown numbers Mm -hmm. things you need as a quarterback are confidence and swagger because that reverberates throughout the locker room and it creates a sense of we got this within your teammates. I have been in a locker room right before you go out for the opening kick, and I've looked over my quarterback's locker and I've been like, oh we ain't got it today really because that dude ain't got it are you kidding me what you know whether it was a rough week of practice whether he never rebounded mentally from a poor last game Mm -hmm. you've got to instill that as an offensive coordinator schottenheimer as a play caller head coach mccarthy you've got to do what you can to instill that into your quarterback because as he goes your team tends to go so this dallas cowboys Organization have a chance to get themselves back on track and go where Jerry Jones thinks they can go. The first order of business is restoring confidence and swagger in Dak Prescott.
1: Well, to that point, then Dak Prescott better do it himself. You should not have to align your coach or play calling or other members of your team. If you're not a confident quarterback, then you just can't go, to use your term, Go to wall, flip on a switch. Okay, I got my confidence now. <laughs> the lights say confidence. I got it now because confidence is streaming from the lights and it's infecting my body and I'm letting it wash all over me. If you got to have that kind of conversation with yourself, then that's going to be problematic for the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott, I've seen like a little lot of confident quarterback before. I don't know what's going on this season. If he's not comfortable with the way that Mike McCarthy is calling the offense, if he's not comfortable with the plays being out there, being more of a run-based offense, whatever that is, I know there's a disconnect there. I've seen that disconnect. Even when they were running away and hiding from the Jets and also the Giants and also the Patriots, that was a collective team effort, and you're playing three teams that were offensively challenged, especially when it comes to those three teams. So you're able to take advantage of the weak sisters. But when they had a chance to really rise up, they got punched in the mouth by two teams in the same division. The Cardinals ran the ball down their throat, and they got out there on defense, and the San Francisco 49ers beat the fool out. They dragged up and down the field at Levi's Stadium over the weekend. But if your quarterback can't be the most confident guy or you're not in that same box like I know Micah Parsons is of the Dallas Cowboys, and you're going to need even more than ever before because Leighton Vander Esch, the linebacker's having a terrific season, not named Micah Parsons, put on injured reserve today. So that's a guy that was a leader type on your football team that you don't have. Dak Prescott, I hate to put this on you, you do not want to be regarded as a front-running quarterback because that's what you've been with the Dallas Cowboys, except for the first year in the league when he came out of nowhere, Chad, as a fourth-round pick. Tony Romo gets injured. People say, what's going to happen to Dallas Cowboys? And they won the NFC East, and they won one of the great throws of all time in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers, from getting the NFC championship game. That's the Dak Prescott I want to see. I want to see that guy that saw his rookie year, that played fearless, that played free, that played like he had nothing to lose. I haven't seen that guy since that rookie year when nobody saw him coming and he led the Cowboys to the division championship, and it took an Aaron Rodgers throw to keep that team from getting to the NFC championship game.
3: One of the greatest lines from the movie Jerry Maguire is, people don't understand the pressure that comes with $54 million. Now, it was a laugh. It was a (laughs) line. It was a joke in the movie. (laughs) But there's a lot of pressure that comes with being a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. There's a lot of expectations that come with that. And uh, not everybody is is built to handle those well. Not everybody handles pressure well. Heck, when my daughter was 12 years old and she was playing basketball, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd have her in the front yard shooting baskets. And when there was no pressure, you know, from the free throw line, she was 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Right. But as soon as I said, okay, okay, sweetie, game's on the line. You guys, it's a tie game. you got to make this to win the game. The, pre- the pressure would crumble her. Wow. It would absolutely crumble her. So not everybody handles it so well. And I think for Dak Prescott, that confidence, that swagger chips down when they're playing an opponent like the 49ers last year in the playoffs, this year, uh, actually just last week uh, in the regular season. He has to find a way to – raise up that level of confidence and that sense of belief in himself so his team can then believe in him and they can go out and play to the level of their athleticism, not to the level of uncertainty mm-hmm. that they're playing with right now.
1: Thomas Carr hit us on Twitter at Coleman ESPN at Chad Brown 94 He says Jerry Jones is a Cowboys owner. is backing Dak Prescott just like he backed Jason Garrett when he was the coach of the Cowboys when they both lost. I'll give Jerry Jones a lot of credit because it could be very easy to crush somebody that you have paid a lot of money to. $40-plus plus million dollars this year when it comes to Dak Prescott because you believed in him. It could be very easy for Jerry Jones to ratchet up that pressure. But the reason I believe that Jerry Jones is not going to do that until, unless he gets to a point of no return with Dak Prescott, maybe he knows the kind of quarterback he needs. The last thing you need to do is break his will and break his confidence. If the owner comes out and says, man, I don't know, I hope he can figure it out, but I'm not really sure, that sends an immediate message to the locker room that, well, if the owner doesn't believe in him, then why should we? And you wonder who's going to speak up on the behalf of Dak Prescott. So I give Jerry Jones, Chad, a lot of credit for speaking up for his quarterback because he has no choice by his paycheck and by playing for that organization and to your point, that pressure, he has to believe in Dak Prescott because right now he doesn't have anybody else at the most important position in sports and a guy that he really needs to be a lot better in crucial and awe-inspiring moment situations. That we have not seen from Dak Prescott. the you know, last time he started from Dak Prescott in a crucial situation? Last year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when nobody thought he could win. That was the last time. And he went out there. And he dialed up. as a pretty good defense where he just ripped him a new one in that ball game. The next week, he looked the exact opposite of that when the expectations and, the, and the, the game was being raised to say, if you can do that last week, you can do that again this week. And he completely fell down the stretch. And in that whole game against San Francisco...
3: Yeah, it speaks to my example with with my daughter shooting free throws in, the, in on the driveway. You can make it. You can do it when the pressure's on. But when the pressure and the demands are on, that's when the greatest people raise their games. That's when Tom Brady was at his best. The whole stadium is chaos. It's a two-minute drill. Patriots need to find a way to win. He is the coolest, calmest dude on the field. My rookie year, we played Kansas City, and Joe Montana was the quarterback in a right. playoff game as, wow. as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh-huh. Joe Cool broke the huddle. You I could have swore he took a drag of a cigarette and stuffed <laughs> it out with his with his shoe before he got up under center. That's how cool and calm he was in that moment. Right. And I looked at, from my huddle into their huddle and thought, Oh man, what are we gonna do with that? They went down and scored.
1: <laughs> That's when you played for Kansas City. Yes. Yeah. I remember watching that. The reason I'm laughing, I remember watching that playoff game. One of my friends, a major, major Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And he said, this is the worst thing that could have happened. I go, what are you talking about? Your team has to lean run to Kansas City. He said, I feel a lot better if Bill Kenny was the quarterback and not number 19 in red, watching that one. He goes, it's like, Chad, he already had it in his mind. No matter what my defense does, we're not going to stop, stop number 19 in red. And that's exactly what happened. Certain guys where they have that it factor, and everybody feels it, whether you're trying to stop it or you just want to ride that wave and roll with it. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. Oh,
4: Hold on, Freddie. I, I, I was just thinking about this. As We were just talking about the Cowboys and, the, and that beat them down that we saw with the, the yeah. 49ers this weekend. Yeah. Oh, hold on
1: a second. I think the 49ers just scored again. So yeah, continue. exactly.
4: Like, I was just thinking about this, and I want people to call in and weigh in on this. Okay. Like, t- look,
0: We're we all about love.
4: We're all friends. Right. Call in and give us a story or time in which you got your butt beat. Like, <laughs> when the time you got beat up, you got jumped, whatever the case may be, you know, keep it PG because we are Disney. I want yeah. you to call in right now, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Call in and tell us about a time in which
1: you got jumped. So let me get up. this straight. We're trampolining, literally, off what happened to the Cowboys on Sunday at the hands of the San Francisco 49ers. So are you figuring that misery needs company? Right.
4: I'm, I'm here for you, Dallas Cowboy fans. We're a community. The first the time Freddy, ever as a
1: Giants fan. The
4: Freddie and Harry community. We're going to put our arms around you, all right? You're not the only
1: ones that's getting beat up, all right? <laughs> and our listeners are going to prove that. Okay. Triple H, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. I guess when you're a Giants fan and you've been beating up every week except for the second half against the Cardinals, you want to know that Misery has that kind of company. So uh, let us know. Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman, we all want to know. When you got the worst, you got the worst of that business end of that beating or fight or whatever that was, we want to hear from you where you can have your own safe space to let it all out. 888 729 3776. Let the healing begin on Freddie and Harry with Freddie coming to Chad Brown on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're so juvenile in this show. And the one to blame for this was Charmaine Nameless, Shannon Pin, our producer. We decided to say, hey, the Cowboys, they suffered that beat down last Sunday versus San Francisco 49s to the tune of 42 to 10. So Shannon goes, hey, how about I have people call in and say, that time you got your behind beat. And have your own safe space. So being as juvenile as we are, we said, sure, Triple H, say ESPN, 888 And the phone lines have gone nuts as far as that goes. So we got little Migos in the background that really put you in a fighting mood or, you know, defensive mood. Rodney in Nashville, the time you got beat up, what happened? Go.
4: All right, I'm going to make this quick. I was dating this girl in high school. We got out of high school. She started dating somebody else. So we started linking back up, and her dude had told her to tell me, no more, right? So I'm like, forget that dude. He can't do nothing to me. Dude rolled up on me. Dude rolled up on me, like, and at that time I had knee surgery, so I was on a crutch. Oh, he wasn't no. caring nothing about that crutch. Dude hit me with the, hey, dude hit me with the one hit of quitter. And all I remember is getting up off the ground and seeing my aunt down the street hollering, Rodney! So, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like uh, uh, Ricky on uh,
3: Boys in the Hood when yes. he went down. Yeah, something
1: like that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, my God. Goodness. We
1: are so juvenile on oh. this show. Well, I love it. I love it. You know, you're a tough guy. Say, I got a crutch on. I don't care. That's that's a crutch problem, meaning on you, not on me. Let me
3: take my glasses (laughs) off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bip. You would hit a guy with glasses, would you? (laughs) Crack. I believe you would. (laughs) Eric in Florida. What is your beat up story, my friend?
4: Hey, fellas, I was I was living in the project somewhere in Florida. We don't have to say where. Okay. And I decided I was going to be a tough guy. And I got into it with a guy, and his family members were watching. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I knew, I wasn't fighting one guy. Mm-hmm. I was fighting four. And I learned that day that, that first of all, not everybody is your friend, and <laughs> blood is thicker than water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Especially when it came to his blood. Right. <laughs> and spilling your blood. You always got yep. to survey the atmosphere. You got to look around and so, say, all right, you know, you, you, you take on one. Got to make sure they don't have friends. Because if they do, they'll jump in if they're mm-hmm. any kind of friend. Oh my goodness. Carlin, North Carolina, my friend, what is your beat up story?
4: Yeah, man. One time we had a pickup game up at the church by the cemetery playing the, football. The church, and then oh boy. This guy comes up and we don't like him. His name, you know, we ain't going to call it his name. But okay. he walked up and he it was like, everybody quit. So we started walking away. Then he threw an alpha up in the air and so happened it hit me on the back of the heel. And I said, whoever threw that apple, their mama is a bee. You know, in North Carolina, you just don't do that. You just don't do that. That's a fight automatic. He ran down. We went back up to the cemetery. I was like, I'm ready for this. I've been ready for this, man. That dude whooped my ass so bad. And I was I was, see, I was looking at my brother when he was hitting me. And he had me down on the ground, hit me in the headlock. And he was like, You give. I was like, Yeah, I give up, man. I give up. And then I stood back up there. and said, She's still a bee. And boom! Hit me.
1: Never again. Never now that's commitment you know oh. you get your behind beans, and you know what i don't care <laughs> wow i never heard of a fight next to a cemetery before sometimes you don't want to have those kind of fights because you may wind up being you're to the cemetery. close you're too close yeah oh my goodness oh Help my me. goodness oh, oh my god goodness. almighty Sorry. Dean Georgia, thanks for hitting Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman up on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. The Cowboys, they got beat down on Sunday by the San Francisco 49ers. Dean Georgia, what is your beat up story?
4: All right, let me give you a quick rundown. Like I was I'm in the military. I was in the military then, and everybody's trained, right? So I was talking to this one girl. She was Samoan. And I was like, all right, cool, you know, but she kept telling me, you know. She 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 ain't she don't want to date outside. So I was like, cool. So I kept going. Oh, so it boy. got back to her to, to her boyfriend and I was messing around with her. So his unit of guys and my unit of guys, we met up downtown and I'm telling you, I'm six five and I'm a big six five. Right. Man, this Samoan man, he oh. beat the dog crap out of me. <laughs> then the MPs come up, show up with the dog. The dog bite me, bite my arm, he he tear me up, all my boys get beat up, I get beat up, I get dog I get bit by a dog, the residual effect three weeks later He's my evaluator, and I have to look at him, and then he fails me. He fails me during my evaluation. So not only did I lose the girl, not only did I lose the fight, not only did I get beat up, and I lost an evaluation, and I lose
0: money.
1: Oh, that was a beat down. And, and his boys got beat up too. I know. Yeah. You know, he probably looked at him and said, Dude, why didn't you tell us? <laughs> why did you You, you got to know. Come on, you got to know the lay of the land. Why did you oh. tell us? That's what we had to deal with? Yes.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, my goodness.
1: Goodness. One last one from Glenn in Georgia. Glenn, what is your beat up story, brother? Help
4: me oh. So, same thing. I just joined the military, and without too much backstory, of course, there was a girl involved and one of the guys told me that he wanted to talk to her and asked me to move, and I said no. And he said, if you don't move, I'm going to slap those glasses off your effing face. So I told him, like, you know, I said, well, you got to do what you got to do. And before I got that last word out, um, <laughs> he came across the side of my head, and then both of them, there were two of them, they both jumped me. And before my friend could get down there, he got down there, he dove in the mix. Come to find out there were three police officers standing about 30 yards away And I promise you, one of their statements after we all got hauled off to jail said they thought we were horse playing until they saw one of them punt me in the head.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, they're just having some fun. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) I don't think that's part of the script. Oh, my goodness. You never want to have a guy that looks at you and you say, you know, move. And you go, no, you go, look, if you don't move, I'll help you do it. You never want to be on the wrong end of that conversation. Man, thanks to everybody out there. I'm glad we're here for your safe space because now the Cowboys made me feel so much better after what happened on Sunday if they had a chance to listen to what you have to say. He is Chad Brown. And for Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. On Freddie and Harry, outside the Aaron Rodgers injury, we'll tell you the biggest surprise of the first five weeks of the NFL season. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.
2: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI –